This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We go to Queen's Park now where MPPs have been called back for an emergency session and there have been a slew of developments. The emergency session was convened to stave off the possibility of a strike by Ontario Power Generation workers. It was after they rejected a contract offer which put them in a legal strike position as of Boxing Day, December 26th. Now, a lot of people say they think that there is wide support for this move. Uh, complicating it is the fact that when it comes to our nuclear power, you can't just shut it off on December 26th. There are all these protocols. It has to be done early, and uh, this is problematic. Meanwhile, there are new developments in the saga of the appointment of Ron Tavener as OPP commissioner. He delayed his start date, which was supposed to be today, pending an investigation by the integrity commissioner. And we just learned that he has rescinded his resignation from the Toronto police, and that was approved by the chief. So uh, what is not clear to me, does that mean he's giving up the ghost on the whole thing, or he's just going back to his old job so he has something to do while this is sorted out? Uh, So that's one question there. Also, late Friday afternoon, we learned that the government cut $25 million worth of special programs At schools, uh, a whole bunch of things came out late Friday afternoon. Uh, That is uh, an old trick I have seen from all governments. Just release it late Friday afternoon. Nobody's going to pay attention, but we did. Anyway, um, I'm going to give the numbers out again. I'm sure people have a lot of thoughts on this. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. 40. And right now we are going to Aleem Kanji, who is with the Sutherland Corporation, and Sarah Singh, who is the deputy leader of the NDP. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Hey, Libby. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon. Sarah, let's start with you. Uh, you, uh, uh, Andrea Horvath, just had a news conference. Uh, she's unhappy about this move to prevent a power workers strike. Uh, uh, why is that? I think that uh, most people would agree that uh, uh, the possibility of a power shortage in the winter at Christmas time is not something that the people of Ontario should be saddled with. No, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, that's something we can all agree on is that uh, we don't want people in this province to be without, uh, you know, heat or hydro, frankly. Uh, and, and we can understand that. Uh, however, uh, you know, uh, we also, I think, should understand that workers have uh, the right uh, 
to collective bargaining, and, and one of those rights uh, includes striking uh, to have their demands met. And, uh, you know, we're supportive of that. The NDP, it's also no surprise our position on uh, back-to-work legislation. Uh, it's not something that we support. Um, so we are going to, uh, you know, try to work with this government, uh, but uh, it's, it's not something we're very supportive of. Uh, yeah, I, I see that. But they say that they're moving to prevent any kind of shutdown because when it comes to our nuclear plants, you know, they, they can't be shut down on a dime. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, a, a part of that is also, uh, you know, there's some fear mongering there. there the plants wouldn't be shut down overnight and immediately. Uh, there would be a process uh, through which that would happen. Um, but again, I think, you know, um, the government knows that their their back-to-work legislation is, is going to pass this week, let's be frank. Um, you know, uh, despite debate, uh, it will most likely pass by the end of this week. Um, so we know that there aren't going to be any shutdowns or blackouts or unmanned nuclear re- re- reactors uh, over the holidays. So a, a bit of that is also fear-mongering um, for the general public. And I think we need to be clear about that. Um, and so we need to, I think, you know, have people understand that there isn't going to be a shutdown. And uh, we are going to debate the legislation, but uh, it will realistically still pass this week. Aleem, your take on that? Yeah, I think uh, MPP Singh is right. Um, you know, you've got back-to-work uh, uh, legislation being introduced, the bill being introduced in, in about 25 minutes. Um, and it, it's pretty likely, of course, we've got a majority government at Queen's Park, uh, led by Premier Doug Ford. And it is uh, it is pretty much a done deal that, that this is going uh, to pass, and you know, I think. Look, as it re- relates to uh, the issues around um, um, the supply, I think one thing to keep in mind is that you know we've had the independent electricity uh, system operator. This is sort of the regulatory body that oversees uh, the, the the industry. Um, they have talked about um, potentially uh, uh, a a strike affecting uh, the stable uh, access and the and the safe supply of power. Now, again, it's very unlikely that that is going to happen uh, with the majority government in place. And I think, I think that's something to consider. But the really big thing, I think, Libby, is, is this, is, is not the fact that this bill is going to be passed. But before it gets passed on Thursday, we've got a couple of other very um, uh, uh, contentious, newsworthy, I guess, uh, items that, uh, that are, are going to be up uh, uh, at Queen's Park for debate. And, you know, things are going to be talked about, I believe, are going to be around uh, um, the education um, and um, the the efficiencies or, or cuts, depending on how you want to define that, uh, are going to be uh, introduced, uh, as well as the, the OPP uh, commissioner appointment, uh, which we've had some movement on just as recently of, of an hour ago. Uh, yeah, that... yeah be, before we get to that, there's just one thing uh, the, that I want to tackle on the OPG question, because a lot of people are saying, oh, why do they even have the right to strike? Isn't it an essential service? But on the other um, side of that, now I'm, I'm not 100% on this, but uh, if they are uh, affected by back-to-work legislation, that means they also have the benefit of, of a mediator or an arbitrator, and that generally results in, in very um, nice settlements. 
No, uh, absolutely. If I can just jump in, Libby, I sure. think, uh, you know, it's a really important point, um, you know, that, uh, you know, they, they did have access to, uh, uh, you know, an arbitrator. And, uh, you know, some would even argue that, uh, you know, Mr. Ford actually sort of preemptively uh, encouraged the strike to happen because he threatened uh, power workers uh, with back-to-work legislation before they even uh, decided that they were officially going to go on strike and release that uh, information to uh, their bargaining units or the public. And so I think that's a very important point for us to consider that they do have the right, but they were also, uh, it, to some degree or another, uh, preemptively encouraged to do so. Right. But what, what I'm asking, Aliman, <clears throat> does once, once there is this back-to-work legislation, does that mean they automatically get an arbitrator or mediator? Um, so my understanding around that uh, basically means that, that they are, uh, in fact, um, um, uh, I don't want to use the word force, but, but they're basically back at, at making a deal. And um, and and that's the process to go forward um, as uh, as they come out of the 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 bill being passed. And it depends on what is is said uh, within within the bill because technically they will not have already gone on strike. They threatened that 21 day uh, strike. They provided that notice, and uh, and of course the government uh, came out and said, uh, well, we're, we're going to introduce our bill on Monday. So uh, it, it depends on what what the legislation uh, says, but. You know, I believe a, a deal is going to be formed. Uh, it's going to have to be uh, to ensure that uh, that power is uh, provided uh, to people across this province. Okay. Uh, now, callers, hold on. I'm going to get to your calls. But before we do that, I want to uh, tackle the issue of Ron Tavener <clears throat> and uh, his appointment as OPP commissioner. Now, I thought it was interesting that on the weekend he himself asked that his appointment be delayed. Uh, Andrea Horvath has said that was the right thing for him to do. And now he's rescinded his resignation. And I think it's a little unclear what exactly that means. Uh, Sarah, what is your take on that? Um, you know, I think, Libby, uh, it's it's not clear exactly, uh, you know, why Mr. Tavener has rescinded his uh, resignation. Uh, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're relieved that uh, he's done the right thing um, by uh, choosing uh, not to be sworn in today. Um, and I think, you know, we, we need to wait until more fulsome investigations happen uh, in order to understand uh, how we got to this point in the first place. And Aleem, so yeah. on the one hand, there's big controversy because the requirements for the job were lowered, to, uh, presumably to accommodate him. He's a good friend of Doug Ford. There were rumblings that uh, he was up for other jobs as well because Ford wanted to, quote, do something for him. And then on the other side, there are other people who say there's a, a problem inside the OPP. There's a culture problem, and you need to bring someone in from the outside, an argument, you know, which is plausible as well, I guess. Where, where do you think this lands? So, so let's keep one thing in mind. Um, in terms of Mr. Tavner's announcement, um, just about an hour ago uh, today, he is going back to his role as superintendent. The police chief uh, in the city of Toronto uh, accepted that, um, uh, that uh, request by him to come back to his, his former role. Uh, but look, I think we've got to keep a couple of things in mind here. And, and, and one is that the OPP is the second largest police force in the country uh, behind the RCMP. It is a massive organization, uh, geographically, obviously very well uh, spread out across the province. And, um, you know, Mr. Tavener is a guy that's been in this business for um, over 50 years of his life. 
Um, he's 72 years old. He's no spring chicken, that's for sure, uh, and knows the business of policing uh, quite well. Now, the, the uh, allegations that the, the uh, job spec was lowered uh, and that, um, uh, and that uh, you know, he, he is uh, ranked uh, a couple of levels below, uh, all of that will come out, I think, uh, through the, the uh, independent investigation around this, and, and we'll see what, 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 uh, what happens moving forward. But, you know, for now, uh, he's back in the Toronto Police Force, uh, and the three precincts that he leads are, in fact, north, uh, northwest Etobicoke, not too far from Sarah uh, Singh up in Brampton. And uh, we'll see Mr. Tavener uh, go back in, in leading that, that, that role for the, for the time being. Yeah, just before we move to Sarah's take, why do you think he rescinded the resignation? Just uh, job security in case it doesn't work out, or what? You know, it's possible. I mean, I think Mr. Tavener will have to answer that that question himself, uh, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure uh, he's going to be able to answer that uh, very soon uh, as, a, as a, an employed member of the Toronto Police Force, as he once was. Um, but, but I'm not too sure. I mean, there, there obviously has been, uh, you know, clouds uh, around this process and, and what's happened. Um, you know, he originally said that he uh, would let that uh, uh, take place, and uh, the, the provincial government also said that they would let uh, the process uh, uh, unfold as well, and and but they still had the confidence in him to lead. Does that continue? Does that confidence still hold? Uh, does he still want the job, or is this an interim role that, that he's going to have in the Toronto Police Force with a view to leading the OPP? I mean, these are all questions that uh, I think Mr. Tavener is going to have to answer himself, so that we get a view. Uh, and a lens on on where he wants to go with uh, with uh, policing uh, as it relates to to his uh, his future. And and Sarah, what what do you think about all these developments? And and do you think he should not get that job? Well, you know, I think um, I, I think we have an investigation that the integrity commissioner is, is going to be looking into things. Uh, you know, we are calling for an emergency select committee, again, to kind of understand. And I just want to underscore, this was never about Mr. Tavener's qualifications and whether he was a good fit or not. This was truly about the process. Um, and, uh, you know, looking into, again, the premier uh, and his uh interference in the appointment of our commissioner. Um, so this is uh, not anything to do with Mr. Tavner. I'm sure as he returns to uh, you know his previous post, uh, he will continue to serve his communities as he has done uh, for many decades. Um, so I just want to make sure that that's clear. Um, but we're, we're very relieved, again, that there is going to be a process to uh, understand, again, how Mr. Tavner was able to be appointed in the first place. Okay. Sarah Singh, I know you have to go. Thank you for yes, joining us. Thank you so much. Okay. And Aleem Kanji, please hang on with us. And also callers, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to get to all of that. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about all the goings-on in this emergency session of the legislature. We're talking to Aleem Kanji, VP of Government Relations for Sutherland Corporation, and we are talking to you. So uh, let's go to some of the people who've been waiting patiently. Diane in Toronto, hi. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, good. I'm calling about the OPG. Please. Uh, We were just astounded to learn that these people can go on strike. I mean, this is an essential service, and they should not be allowed to do that. 
And I think the government is doing the right thing by being proactive and nipping this thing in the bud before people are hurt. Okay. I and, think, go ahead, yes. And uh, regarding the cutback to the, uh, to the school programs, uh, you know, with our debit situation in Ontario and all the cutbacks that need to be made, I think some of these programs can be better handled through the community rather than in the public school system. And I think, you know, while it's sad that some people think that this is being taken away from them, they have to understand we owe a lot of money and we have to do some cutbacks here and there. Okay, Diane. That's my comment. Pardon? Thank you. Okay. Uh, Before we get to the other uh, callers, let's go to Aleem because we haven't uh, hit the school program cuts. Now, according to the Ministry uh, of Education, to the minister's spokesman, they're saying that they they don't have good oversight on these programs and they could be handled better. And, And frankly, when it comes to school board spending, that's not so hard to believe. So again, where do you stand on this, Aleem? So, so here's the thing with this. I mean, I, I think, um, uh, you know, the, the last caller um, sort of hit it on the head uh, when, when she talked about the fiscal situation uh, in, uh, in Ontario. And here's the reality today. Uh, Ontario has the single largest sub-national debt in the world. So basically what that means is on a, on a, when, you, when you look at a national basis and you look, at, you look at countries and then they're broken down by states or, in our case, in a province, it is the largest in the world uh, today. And, uh, you know, the numbers differ a little bit. Uh, the, the, the PC government talks about a, uh, a $15 billion uh, uh, debt, and we also know that there is a, a massive deficit as well. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think the, the decisions are going to have to be made around uh, what stays and what goes. And, and one thing to keep in mind is that um, the government, the, the progressive conservative government led by uh, Premier Ford is uh, committing to almost half a billion dollars. It's, it's in fact 400 million uh, that will continue be, to be paid uh, into school boards. And yes, they are cutting back 25 million. And I think other agencies and other organizations are going to have to look at how uh, they, they will need to prove their worth uh, in, in the months ahead, particularly as we lead up to the provincial budget early next year. And so um, do they make sense? Is it supportive of, of uh, what folks in Ontario want? Is it supportive of government-wide priorities? These are the sorts of questions I think, um, you know, agencies, school boards, uh, hospitals, uh, all, all uh, agencies that get any kind of funding from government are going to be forced to answer in, in the months ahead. And measure, um, I think they're going to have to measure their outcomes. That's right. And, and, you know, if you want to call it uh, value for service or, or a measured outcome or alignment with, uh, with uh, government-wide uh, priorities, um, is there duplication, uh, you know, from, from what is going on? Is, is there, is there uh, a, you know, a, a more cost-effective way that, that these services could be provided? I think these are all questions that, that uh, folks are going to have uh, to grapple with and, and try to answer as we move forward. And exactly what, what the caller uh, points out, uh, and she she has concerns with how money is being spent. Um, I think that that is something that uh, this government certainly uh, uh, ran on and, and has a mandate to try to uh, make sure is is protected. Okay, let's go to Dan in Elwood. Hi, Dan. Good day. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yep. I think the unions are uh, to blame to a very large extent. 
Uh, I live not too far from the Bruce Nuclear Plant, and from what I understand, those guys up there are paid extremely well. And hydro workers in general are paid quite well. Uh, it's just the CAW, uh, every time a, union, uh, a contract is, is due, they want more and more and more, in spite of the fact they're, they're already paid far better than the average bear. Well, well, those, they aren't average jobs, to be fair. And uh, well, I, I don't know, you want to work in a nuclear plant? I, th- <laughs> I think it should be a well-paid job. But Yeah, well, but, yeah. I, I'm, I'm straight downwind from the darn thing, so I'm probably in as much danger as the guys that are actually working there. Uh, yeah, that might be true, too. But uh, those are skilled jobs. But yes, and I think that's one of the issues with making them, again, an essential service, because if it ends up being... At, decided by an arbitrator, and the arbitrator doesn't take into account the province's ability to pay. So it might end up costing more. I think that's an issue with that. But um, yeah, I, I hear you, Dan. So you're supportive of what the government's doing. Well, I would say so. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's unions, I believe, are the biggest problem here. And, it's, and uh, hey, unions are, to a large extent, the reason that uh, Oshawa is getting shut down. Um, well, I'm, I'm not really sure about that. I, I would argue with that, but um, let's uh, leave it with the thing that we're talking about today. Dan, thank you for your call. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, let's go to Bob in Mississauga. Are you there, Bob? Yes, I am. Hi, Libby. Hi. I'm just shocked that Andrea Horvath would support a strike by the uh, power uh, workers. Uh, we're living in an aging society People depend on their microwaves, their lighting, their fridges, etc. I'm a senior citizen, and I'm just appalled that she would come out with a comment supporting uh, that type of action by the union. Well, I, that's I totally not agree exact. that yeah. hydro service should be an essential service, but the fact that it isn't, uh, again, uh, I don't want to be repetitive, but I, I just challenge uh, Andrea Horvath as to why she wouldn't, in this case, say, look, uh, I generally support unions in all facets because that's what the NDP does. But in this case, to uh, have a boatload of senior citizens, especially with power outages, would be atrocious. Well, we just had Sarah Singh on her deputy, and she kind of made clear that that's not what they want. What Andrea Horvath was saying is that she thought the government really preempted them and and moved too quickly to kind of decide this before they even had really uh, decided to strike. Uh, And you're right, that's what they have to do. But uh, I would agree with you. I think that what the government is doing is a popular move, and uh, they're not going to see any flack for that. And uh, I think nobody wants senior citizens or anybody to be without power in the winter, especially at Christmas time. Absolutely. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Aleem? We have a few minutes left. So just in general, uh, do you think any of these things are starting to affect the popularity of the Ford government? Is this a mixed bag we have in these three things coming up this week? I think it is a little bit of a mixed bag. I mean, I I, I would look forward to uh, early next year. Uh, There's budget consultation that's about to get underway. Uh, And I think one thing this government is, is committed uh, to doing is, is improving the fiscal condition of the province. And so, 
you know, whether it's, it's uh, uh, cuts to inefficiencies to education, um, there's going to be uh, negotiations with doctors coming up. We haven't talked about that one. Uh, or uh, or uh, um, uh, hydro supply. I mean, at the end of the day, I think everything comes back down to the numbers. And uh, the first budget, I think, will be indicative of, uh, of um, you know, uh, folks' uh, appetite for the, the success uh, or uh, or failure or indifference, quite frankly, to to the government. I think it's a little early to tell right now. Um, we're only six months in, but the uh, the proof will be in the pudding. I think the numbers will be the best judge uh, in terms of um, uh, where we're going fiscally in this province. Um, there there have been a number of promises made as well. If you look at um, uh, the the uh, 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 provincial um, thinking around a middle income tax cut of twenty percent, uh, ending cap and trade reducing business taxes, uh, returning a Hydro One dividend to Ontarians. So this is not exclusively about finding efficiencies, but I think there are promises uh, that have been made as well. And I think we'll we'll have to see whether the budget uh, uh, ensures that those promises are in or whether it's more of a phased approach or whether they don't happen at all. Time will tell on this one. Okay, well, we have, again, you know, less than a minute left, and you mentioned the doctors. It just seems to me there are a couple of things where they seem to be doing things with a very heavy hand. And last week, I think it was, they decided that the OMA, they pulled out of negotiations with the OMA. They said they're they're not representative because a group of very, very highly paid specialists didn't like the idea that the OMA wanted to close the pay gap for some of the the specialty payments. Then the government changed their mind, say, no, no, okay, we're going back to talk to the OMA. Like, just some of this just, you know, you got to shake your head. It it certainly has been a change in in direction. And um, look at, I mean, the fact that um, the doctors are going to be back at the table um, as of uh, tomorrow um, with with the province hopefully leads to, to some sense of security for for everyone around the province, uh, you know, that values our healthcare system, to know that um, uh, that the arbitration will be resuming and that uh, physicians hopefully can get on with uh, with doing what they do best. Okay, yeah, hopefully. So uh, more to talk about. I'm sure we'll be talking about this uh, throughout. Uh, Aleem Kanji, thank you so much for being with us. Always a pleasure, Libby. Okay, bye-bye. Bye for now. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.